The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Hey podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. Glad to have you tuning in, glad to have you joining us on this uh, march through the Gospel of Matthew. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and I'm here with uh, my friend and colleague, Pastor Hebner. Hey, Pastor Hockman. Great to see you, and a great to be able to do another podcast. It's always a, a good so, day when we can sit down and That's right, and talk get to Jesus, talk about huh? <laughs> Jesus and talk about Bible, and what a... I was pretty excited about this when you said, let's schedule it, and we're going to you know, do a little podcast, because we've been trading off who the who's uh, talking about what chapters, and now we're moving through Matthew, and boy, you hit 21, and it's chapter 21 today and chapter 22, and we're going to do later, and that now we're at Holy Week. It's starting to get real. Well, <laughs> you know, this is, uh, this is the big stuff. I, I've always um, marveled that John's Gospel tips the balance here, too, because uh, there's 21 chapters, and chapter 12 starts Holy Week stuff, you know. So it's in John, a, right. In John, yeah. you know. But if you put them all together, the, the synoptic gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's it's 25 to 30% of the New Testament gospels are about this week. Pretty, that's, what, why? Because it's right. big, right? It's, it's we're going to go to heaven because of it. Which is where the name comes from, right? Holy. Sure. Uh, sometimes we think the word holy means sinless, but it really is a, a word that means set apart. Yeah. And set apart for something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's much more accurate a way to describe this week, that this was the week that God from eternity had set apart <laughs> to do to have the special things happen and yeah. to, to actually um, play out the plan of salvation and, yeah. and accomplish the the victory that that had been planned. So, right, so we long won't ago. get there, you know, through the whole thing because that's going to take us to the end of the book. But boy, oh boy, and and you know, over the years, I think way back to forty plus years ago when I had a privilege to teach the gospel accounts as a part of the curriculum when I was uh, a dormitory supervisor and teacher um, working with the dean of students at uh, our prep school in Saginaw. Then it was it was a neat thing for my own mind, and then try to help the students and our podcasters might find it interesting too. I've just always associated a little phrase with each day. Then it rem- it reminds me just what was going on. So actually, Matthew is not the best at chronological sequence. We've mentioned that before in previous. Wasn't his goal. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Right. He was. He's grouping things together where it fits nicely, and really there there'll be one example of that not in sequence with. Chapter 21, we'll see that again later in chapter 26 when he refers to what's known as the Sabbath Supper. He wedges it in. It looks like it's, what, Tuesday or something? You know, but really it happened on the Saturday before Palm Sunday. He's with his friends Mary and Martha, and we have the anointing of Jesus' feet. Which, so, which makes sense if it's the Sabbath Supper. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. You know, well, yeah. It's not called that in the, yeah, you, in the account. You, you can prepare that the day before because you're not working on sundown Friday. To right. sundown, but once the sun goes down on Saturday, the Sabbath is over, and technically it's not the Sabbath. You know, you're eating it on that day, but the Sabbath is over. You know, got it. But so, and then the next morning is going to be. So I always talk about um, there's 
there's You're gonna give not us the that name, Saturday. The names of the of the well, days of the week, right? Well, yeah. So it's like we start then with Palm Sunday, right? That's the easy one. Which we're going to do here. And everybody <laughs> That's knows the that. one we all know. <laughs> but then I call Monday Angry Monday because we'll see that here too. And it's all the gospel writers too. It's the second time he cleanses the temple. No one likes Mondays. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, he gets up in the morning and, and um, he was going to have breakfast, right? And he curses a fig tree. You know, the disciples had to be scratching their head. They don't see it dead until the next day. But right. so, but this is all on Monday. It's like, whoa. You know, and then Tuesday is just Matthew will give us a lot of stuff. In uh, starting in the um, in the the stuff we're talking about in our podcast today and the next one we'll do, and the other gospel writers, he's just loaded up with all the enemies who are coming in the temple. He's back, stays with his friends in Bethany, can two I miles a, away. Can I take a guess? Is it Teaching Tuesday? B- busy Tuesday. Busy Tuesday. He's busy. Okay. Yeah, he's just busy the whole day from you know early morning when he gets there all the way through, and every major group is coming at him. And by the end of the day, you know, he nails them. And then John's Gospel helps us understand the afternoon he's leaving, and it's a really interesting thing that we watched during Jesus' whole ministry. So once you get to, like, year two and into three, you see Jesus withdrawing from the crowds, and he's dealing with non-Israelites. You know, there's a shift, as he had predicted and said, and he will say this to them on Tuesday, you know, you are the people, I'm I'm an Israelite, I came from your nation, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, right, and I am the Messiah from this nation, but you're rejecting it, so the good news of my love is going to go to the Gentiles. And we see this shift. John tells us at the end of Tuesday, he's leaving Temple Courtyard, and then here come these Greeks to talk to, you know, we would like to see Jesus. Jesus right. So it's a little shift here. To Now it's the Greeks, right? And then at the end of that Tuesday, he cuts across the Kidron Stream. He goes east across that to that long ridge called the Mount of... It's not a round, circular, conical thing. It's the ridge Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, right. And then at night, ladies, teaching, teaching, teaching. It's a last shot, as far as we know, for, you know, like midnight instructions and how long they were up, who knows. But Matthew's got some of that stuff in the coming chapters. We don't have anything that we know of in the Bible about what's going on on Wednesday. So I go Palm Sunday, Angry Monday, Busy Tuesday, Silent Wednesday. And then we have the famous term Maundy Thursday, which I think is going to start passing from our vocabulary. I think our new hymnal is going to start introducing a different word, maybe even Holy Thursday or something. I don't know. But Maundy has been... Maundy is command, right? Well, there's two different theories on where that... It's M-A-U-N-D. And in Latin, it's mandatum is a command. So is Maundy with a U. It's not Maundy. It's Maundy. It's not Monday. It's not Monday, yeah. (laughs) But it's Maundy. So one theory is that it is related to the Latin word mandatum with an extra U in there. Jesus' command to commands, love one another. Love one another. Right? right, and then to do the supper. Do this in remembrance of me. Right. Or there are some theories that in Middle Ages, there were gifts exchanged and given to the poor and okay. mawned baskets. I read that somewhere along the line. It's okay. stuck in the back of my head, but I don't know <laughs> if it's true or not. But So anyway, it's just a weird term that nobody knows how to now pronounce. Now it's on the internet. So right, yeah. Now so, it's true. <laughs> So Palm Sunday, Angry Monday, Busy Tuesday, Silent Wednesday, Maundy Thursday, of course we know Good Friday, then I call Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. Those help me sort out what's going on, and that takes us right to where we should be, which is chapter 21. Yeah, chapter 21. So it starts off like the the Holy Week really begins now with this 
Palm Sunday account, and our podcasts are designed not yeah. to be that super lengthy. So, uh, can we talk about the word Hosanna? Sure. Hosanna is a Hebrew, Hebrew exclamation, word, mm-hmm. exclamation of praise, uh, but also a plea. A right? pl- it's a plea. Yeah. Hosanna, save us. Right. Save us now. And that, and it was interesting because in Hebrew, Yeshua, and, and the verb here now is in the in that in that. We would say in Hebrew is in a hifiel, right? You know, it's cause us to be say, right, but um, so that's where the H comes from. But the root word is a Y, you know, Yeshua, which is his name, Savior, Jesus, and uh, so they're calling on him to to do who he is, to be the Savior, be Jesus, be Jesus, yeah, <laughs> save us. This is really neat. And he connection. said, that's, "That's why I'm here. That's why it. I'm <laughs> why I'm here." I think maybe one comment we can toss in. Um, without taking too much time, is a comment, again, about Matthew. It doesn't clearly indicate in chapter 21 when the next day begins, but in reality, he has that Palm Sunday experience, which we all know, and fulfillment of prophecy. Matthew will be sure to say that from Zechariah, and he rides a donkey. And, and But then he returns to Bethany, and he comes back, and early Monday morning, it's a little out of sequence here, is when he sees that. He's thinking about some breakfast, and there's a fig tree. looks great, but there's no figs on it, which figs actually grew in the summer and should be popping in there in the fall, but be that as it may, I don't know if there was a second crop or something that's supposed to be there in the spring, but then he curses the fig tree. Imagine the disciples. When you're, you know, you know you're, you're a mile out, and you've still got to go down the ridge, zigzag back and forth. It's not a straight down the Mount of Olives. It's steep enough where he had to kind of switch back. But up on that ridge, and here's this fig tree, and Jesus turns to it. Cursed be you, fig tree, right? And the next morning they see it's withered, you know, Tuesday. But now, imagine walking along with him, and he curses a fig tree because there's no, you know, like, boy, he got up on the wrong side of bed, right? You know, (laughs) (laughs) and then, then he gets to the town, and he does what he did three years earlier. He cleanses the temple with the overturning of the money changers tables and all the chase of the animals and of the, that kind of stuff. So that's why I call it Angry Monday. But the sequence is that on that day, as cleansing the temple happens, then there are kids echoing, and Matthew does this, I think, correctly. Were the kids singing along on Palm Sunday with their parents? Very likely. But it, but but this reference in Matthew that the his enemies are saying, how come these kids Took are? Note so, of it, right? Yeah, they're echoing and they're singing hosannas now, and they're all mad about the kids. Actually. Technically speaking, we would say the kids actually did their singing and palm branch waving on Monday. Again, we know that they probably could have joined their parents, but they're imitating. Right. And that's what irritated the The, enemy. The song is stuck in their heads, right? Yeah, so, (laughs) Hosanna in the highest, the little children sang. You know, the hymn we have on Palm Sunday would really, no, we should sing that hymn on Monday, (laughs) the day after Palm Sunday. But... um, Matthew captures that, and I think that's really a, a stroke that is fascinating for us to think about how the kids were picking up on that and the enemies were just so... So Jesus, with that conflict, all on, on Monday, and then in Matthew's gospel, he comes back on Tuesday, and actually the witnessing of... It would be verse 18 is the Monday morning very early, curse the fig tree, should come before the temple cleansing. But verse 20, when the disciples saw this, it should be the start of Tuesday. So, 
it's okay that Matthew does this out of sequence because it fits his purpose to put the story together, cursing and then seeing it withered. Right. And that's fine. But now, now we're in Busy Tuesday, and here it comes. So without spending a whole lot of podcast time, our, our podcast and Bible readers will really be renewed in the intensity with which his enemies were coming at Jesus. The stories he told um, that are part of the parable of two sons, parable of the tenants, wow, it's just, he's putting the hammer down on these guys. Right. And that's not, not the first time that, yeah. that Jesus' enemies come to him with a question that they think is the perfect question yeah. that has no right answer and he's going to... He's going to mess it up regardless of how he answers. And <laughs> yeah, that'll come in the next chapter. We'll talk about that in our next podcast. But boy, oh boy, it's starting already here in chapter 21. His authority is questioned, you know, how can you do this? And this is what's fascinating. I think our our podcast listeners will really uh, appreciate thinking through again his reference to John and John's baptism. Right. Wow, because that's another one of those, you know, they... How are they supposed to respond to him? I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. That'll come again in the next chapter. But man, oh man! And he ties that in his comment about John the Baptist with that parable of the two sons. <laughs> oh boy, I love is it. I'm not going to answer your question then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to answer my question. I'm not going to answer yours. <laughs> but you know, we're at a point now where. We think this through, by the way, as Christians in the interaction we have with people, our number one goal is to win them in a winsome way, you know, for the Lord Jesus and build a relationship, care about them enough that they know we care and we're friends and it's not like we're talking to complete strangers. We have a nice friendship or relationship. It might be somebody in our own biological relationship, but, you know, we have this trust built between people and we can use it as a bridge to help them see the need for the Savior and then talk about how, how wonderful Jesus really is to forgive us. But there does come a time, even with people we know and care about well, when we have to be honest. If they're going to be such a friend or a relative who is just persistently and consistently negative and rejecting, it's like when Jesus told his um followers go out and try your wings but you shake off the dust if they're going to reject you and you see that right. from jesus now it's really on this busy tuesday he's not afraid to really put the hammer down on these guys because this is they have rejected him now and he knows it he can read hearts of course he's the son of god but wow is that ever something when you get to the end of chapter 21 he's telling the story about the tenants and he's talking to them about themselves and that whole don't you just love how he uses that Psalm 118 passage about the cornerstone? Yep. That is Psalm 118, isn't it? I think I didn't even look at yeah. the footnote, right? But that's, that's correct. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Right. I'm the I'm the stone. And the you know the cornerstone that we have here at Grace is a very little sign on the Grace Center, but the corner of our church has the two dates for the where the first building, cornerstone laid in eighteen fifty. And uh, finished in 1851. The second building started 1900, so that's the cornerstone laying. And we have those two dates. And it's decorative. And there's some stuff like in it, like a catechism and our constitution, a little time capsule thing. But in those days, the cornerstone was significant because it not only gave alignment to the walls, but also was a huge support, corner support. So he's the cornerstone for our faith. And that's... uh, But... 
the stone that the builder said, nah, we're not going to use that one. That is the cornerstone for the church, for our faith, for our eternity. That's Jesus. But that next line that uh, is, it's just, it, it knocks your the wind out of you, doesn't it? Um, is it quoted here? It's, has become, it's marvelous in our eyes. Oh, I'm thinking about the other gospel writers, how they pick up on, it's a stone that if you, it causes people to stumble, actually. They, they fall yeah, over him. which and, they fall, yeah. And then, and then it'll crush you if you reject him. And Matthew doesn't. I'm thinking of another reference. But it's still that same passage. It's, whoo. Yeah, so he was not afraid to tell him, you've rejected the cornerstone, but the church will still be built on me. <laughs> they got yeah, that. It's here. Verse 44. Yeah. Anyone who falls on this stone will oh. be broken to pieces, and anyone on whom it falls there will it be is. crushed. That's what I'm thinking of, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. That's just an unbelievable statement. And then, of course, they look at each other and they go, wait a minute. They know he's talking. They knew he's talking about them. Right. And so this man. whole this whole parable of the tenants, that's um, kind of the c- conclusion of a sermon that started way back in the prophet Isaiah, right? Isaiah 5, <laughs> the song of the vineyard. Sure. Um, God talking about it, every advantage that was given to his vineyard and his people. Yeah. And now even the advantage of sending his own son to the vineyard for its good and for yeah. its benefit, and what did they do with what the What more sun? could I have done for the vineyard? Right. Yeah, that's a good connection. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. And they, they kill the sun. And so now, well, this is what happens. This is the, the crushing weight of the law yeah. um, upon those who are unbelievers, upon those who continually and perpetually reject what God has done for them and what God wants to do for yeah. them. And he's saying with that parable, I, I you know, your, your comment made me think of this too. You have heard me say to you, because I visited Jerusalem, I spent a lot of time up north, but I've been here, and, you, and in your face, in your eyes, and you've challenged me, and I've told you, I am God in flesh. I am the Messiah. I am the one. And he says this on, you know, by what authority do you do this Tuesday, right? <laughs> well, the same I as, am, yeah. and now I'm going to tell you a story about the tenants, and it's clear to them this is God sending his son, and, I, you know, he's talking about himself and the rejection, and... I don't, you know, he just, he he's look him right in the eye and tell him, you're going to go to hell because you're rejecting me. <laughs> you know, it's just, wow. That is such powerful stuff. Yeah. And he yeah. says that. 43, therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you yeah. and given to a people who will yep. produce fruit. Yep. Wow. Imagine standing there and your enemies and you're just getting all hot and bothered and you're thinking of ways to try to arrest him and stuff like that and you just he just looks right at him and says, guess you're what? toast. Guess what? You're done. Yeah. <laughs> very sad, but that's a very clear and heavy preaching of the law, wouldn't you say? Right. Whoa. But then the flip side, that God has produced fruits through us. Yeah. Totally undeserved. Yeah. Not yeah. because we're such good fruit producers, but because God yeah. has seen fit to put faith in our hearts. He's seen fit to make this set-apart special week sure. be for our eternal benefit so that our sins could be forgiven, so yeah. we could be washed clean, and we could be the ones that produce. Yeah. You know your comment about deserves. Isaiah 5 and the Song of the Vineyard, but think about um, this was a couple days later. He, John has it recorded in his gospel, chapter 15. We're not going to see that in Matthew. But I am the vine, you are the branches. It, so... Your your okay. comment about Isaiah five and the end of this parable, you know, just think about that. We get to be part of the vineyard. We're connected to the to the true vine. We're the, 
Isn't that amazing? We have fruit because of oh, our connection man. to Jesus and because of the the length that Jesus was willing to go. Yeah. That he was willing to walk through Holy Week straight to a cross. All the way. Um, and into a tomb so that yeah. we could could be forgiven and have everlasting life. And we know it's this is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. Thanks for joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.